Please be seated. So I have to admit, my view of Esther is heavily influenced by my father, and specifically how my father treated my mother. Now, theirs was a traditional marriage, sort of. Traditional roles to some degree. They owned their own business. And I would be the first to admit, because I've learned it and tried to get over learning it, my father had a temper that, that could slowly smolder. But my dad loved my mom. He helped in the house. She helped in the shop. He was capable of washing the floors, doing the laundry, cooking, baking, changing diapers. They were cloth. And so he also was responsible for washing out the diapers. We know how that game goes, right? What are you doing in the toilet, Dad? Oh, nothing. The garden canning. He, he viewed my mom as an equal. Now, now, true, she really didn't care to hunt or fish. When they would go out fishing, she would bring a book along and she would read it. And, and truth be told, okay, truth be told, I never saw her change the head gasket on a six horse. When I was young, young, I remember this, okay? I'm pumping gas um, in, the, in, in a vehicle um, that was driven by an individual that we went to church with, and, um, and my dad was leaning over the roof line of the car, okay, like this, okay? And um, this intense conversation is taking place that I can hear, right? Because the church that we were attending at the time was trying to decide whether or not women should be allowed to vote on matters in the church, Interesting, right? And my dad's leaning over like this, and he tells the occupant of the car, who is a female, he's like, I just don't know why you, or Bev, that's my mom's name, are any less qualified to vote on matters in the church as compared to your husband or me. It seemed like that made sense to me. So I own my own preconception when it comes to these issues. I then consider the totality of the biblical evidence, right? I see a book like Esther or Ruth or the stories of Deborah, the fact that Mary was the first to eyewitness the resurrection, that Paul identifies a female apostle in Romans 16, 7, Junia. I also remember, okay, the text where the, Paul says, I don't permit a woman to speak. And if truth be told, I've thought that sometimes. <laughs> it's often when I've been tongue-tied by a woman who is stronger or sharper or more intelligent than I am. Hashtag my own home. <laughs> as a side note, I've said this before as a joke, I'm the, stupid per I'm the stupidest person in my family. I'm four out of four. Which, if I'm the dumbest person in your family, you got a pretty good family going on, okay? Just like, let's own that on the front side. And all the other texts of a similar vein. But when I take the totality, I find great confidence that biblically I can affirm powerful leadership roles in the Bible, not dependent on XY or XX, but on whether or not the person is a leader. So that drives for me a number of things, including how I view Tanya and William and Anna and how I view the book of Esther. And more specifically, the implications or applications I take from the text. 410 is the page number. 
you'd actually have to go to 411, because 410 doesn't appear as a page number. 411, go back a page. Verse 10, chapter 1. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded me human, Biztha, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zethar, and Carcass, the seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus to bring Queen Vashti. I pronounced it wrong last week. I said Vashti last week. It's Vashti. Before the king with her royal crown in order to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was lovely to look at. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command delivered by the eunuchs. At this, the king became enraged and his anger burned within him. The name itself, perhaps not Queen Vashti's official name, perhaps a term of affection through the derivation in languages. It's something that could have meant in Persian, beloved or the best. Okay, as it appears, if we could read the Hebrew, okay, if you look at the beginning of verse 8 and the drinking, okay, the word in Hebrew and the drinking is the exact same word but different meaning as Vashti in Hebrew. It's a, what's that called? Hamo, haman, hamanim. Yeah, yeah. So like fly and fly, pole and pole, okay? A word that is spelled the exact same way but has two different meanings based on how it's used. And so clearly, okay, there's something that the author is doing and having a little fun with us from a literary perspective. We don't see it in the English. It exists in the Hebrew. It may be a term of affection, okay? Beloved or the best. Mary with mine. Probably euphemistic for drunk. I mean, if you think about it, seven days, seven eunuchs, seven dwarves, different story. The seven eunuchs, you become a eunuch a couple different ways, through accident or intentional medical procedure, and that's putting it as nicely as you possibly can. The idea is you want a certain type of male guarding and caring for the women. Vashti appears and says, not appears, but says, I might be your queen, but you don't own me. I might be queen, but this is not Westminster. Hashtag bloodhounds. Did you see it? The bloodhound won the Westminster dog show. Yay, first time ever. I might be queen, but you've had way too much to drink. I might be queen, but just, just no, no, no. I am not going to do this. Now, I suppose it would have been easier to not have a strong woman as the queen. And I am clearly talking outside of the text there is nothing that I am about to say that this text specifically means other than if King Headache hadn't been stupid or if Vashti hadn't stood up for herself, it would be a pretty short book and we probably wouldn't even care. And the text isn't going here, but what if? What if a woman wasn't objectified? What if? What if a woman wasn't treated as a prop? Whoa. 
What if a woman was respected, held equal value? The second thing, before we move on in the text, what do we do with our anger? Uh, perhaps you've been aware of it. Tour de France is happening in France now. Um, we've escaped um, the land of the Danes, and we are actually in France, and we're going up mountains and down mountains, and just like, it's amazing. If you've ever watched a, a, a hardcore professional bicyclist descend, it's like, <laughs> it's like so intense. At any rate, it's super hot. It's super hot. 100-degree temperature. If you've never pedaled a bike in 100-degree temperature, especially going up a hill where the, the, the sunlight is reflecting off the pavement, it is like a blast furnace, okay? And it just sucks everything out of you. I mean, it just absolutely destroys you. Even a short uphill just absolutely destroys you. And so they're figuring out a way to cool off the athletes. And so they, they give them ice socks, which is literally a pair of women's pantyhose tied on both ends filled with ice, Okay, and before they take off in the morning or as they recover in the afternoon, they literally stick these ice socks inside their kits to try to attempt to cool off their temperature, make their bodies move more efficiently, be in a better place, a better state of mind. What if we did that with our anger? We get angry, we're like, hey, I got to head to the freezer. I need an ice sock on board right now. And maybe if you're not an individual who struggles with anger, that doesn't make sense to you. But as an individual who for years, and probably still does, although it's better, struggle with anger. The text goes on. A great idea. And by great idea, I mean only an idea that would happen with seven drunk men and a king. Then the king said to the wise men, who knew the times, for this was the king's procedure toward all who were versed in law and judgment. The men next to him being Karshina, Shethar, Admetha, Tarshish, Meres, Mersina, and Mamukin. Okay? Uh, I can remember the name Mamukin because it rhymes with Pukin. <laughs> it's a silly thing. It's kind of what I do sometimes when I encounter Persian names. Rhyme it with something that I'm familiar with or have described or understood which also, as a side note, might be what you're doing after seven days of heavy drinking. The seven princes of Persia and Media who saw the king's face and sat first in the kingdom. These are important dudes. According to the law, the king is asking, according to the law, what is to be done to Queen Vashti? Because she has not performed the command of King Ahasuerus, delivered by the eunuchs. Then, say it with me, Mamukin, Mamukin, said in the presence of the king and the officials, not only against the king, I love the escalation here, not only against the king has Queen Vashti done wrong, but also against all the officials and all the peoples who are in the provinces of King Ahasuerus. For the queen's behavior will be made known to all women, causing them to look at their husbands with contempt, since they will sing, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, and she did not come. This very day, the noble women of Persia and Medea, who have heard of the queen's behavior, will say the same to all the king's officials, and there will be contempt and wrath in plenty. If it please the king... Let a royal go, order go out from him, and let it be written among the laws of the Medes, of the Persians and the Medes, so that it may not be repealed. 
that Vashti, notice there's no queen here, is never again to come before King Ahasuerus and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. So when the decree made by the king is proclaimed through all his kingdom, for it is vast, all women will give honor to their husbands, high and low alike. What a great idea. What does it mean to be wise? This is one of these enduring themes that we will encounter in this book. What does it mean to be wise? These are a group of dudes, right, that helped the king achieve some pretty impressive things. Is there a difference between economic or even political sense and wisdom? Now let me ask it again. From a biblical perspective, is there a difference between economic or political sense and wisdom? And have we ever gotten this one wrong? You go seek someone's counsel. You go seek someone who's wise. And you go seek their counsel because they're successful. Maybe someone's come to you and they've said, you're successful. What do you think about this? Have you ever been in a situation where you give advice where you know inside that you should just keep your mouth shut? And you don't? Wisdom would be keeping your mouth shut when you have the sense that you should keep your mouth shut. But some of us, not all of us, but like 105% of the males, probably... I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm a guy. I can do that, right? If you're offended, I don't know what, beat me up. Before you do that, cool off, okay, with an ice sock, all right? Just, just lower the temperature just a little bit. What does it mean to be wise? These names, these list of seven names, again, another seven names, okay? And no doubt that they are real, authentic individuals, but again, the author of Hebrew, uh, the author in Hebrew is, is playing with the names. The names are humorous, okay? It's like you are reading off the seven dwarfs, okay? And so there's this layer. The craft of the author is showing through. And we have this great idea, an idea that happens with seven drunk men and a king, and this is one of those intriguing times. Did the unseen power cause this? Or did the unseen power simply allow a group of individuals who were very full of themselves and had the means to do so to be who they were? there will be some serious unintended consequences, which makes us want to jump to point three. Maybe don't be contemptuous. Maybe. Verse 17, check it out. For the queen's behavior will be made to known 
to all women, causing them to look at their husbands with contempt. Okay, we don't see it in the English, but there's two words in the Hebrew that, that are translated to husband, okay? The first word is the much more common of the word. I don't know the pronunciation, but the transliteration is literally two words, two letters, I-S, okay? I-S, okay, English transliteration, Hebrew word means a husband, okay? The second word is much less common, and that's the word that the Hebrew author uses here, okay? And it is the Hebrew word ba'al, B-A, translated B-A-A-L. Now, some of you are thinking, wait a second, isn't ba'al one of the gods that the foreign people register? Yes. If you capitalize the B and make it a proper name, it refers to a fertility god, Okay. But in the lower case, it refers to someone who views himself as the Lord of all. Someone who has mastery. And I think there is a subtle commentary about how the author views Persian males and husbands and marriage. You, we miss it in the English, but it's there in the Hebrew. If they're worried about being held in contempt, maybe don't act contemptuously. Maybe don't do the things that would inspire someone to be wrathful or even irritated. I can be so irritating. Stop. Stop. Maybe be emotionally wise enough to read the room and see what's going on. How often I forget to remember to not do the thing that I forgot to remember causes frustration and pain. I really like that sentence. Esther isn't a tome on how to have a good working relationship or a good marriage, but you, but you can't help but see the reality of the situation and learn from it. learn from it. Back to point two. Royal idea. Vashti, exit stage right, never again. Verse 21, these guys think this is a great idea. I mean, they're like, this is a phenomenal idea. And again, care and caution when the guys think they have a great idea. It's kind of like when you're the only sober person in the world and everyone else thinks they're so funny. Have you ever been in that situation? You're like, you're really not that funny. You're just being irritating. And you're drunk. Which is, again, another theme through the book of Esther. How often poor decisions are predicated through the consumption of alcohol. It's all through the book. You can't escape it. So these seven ideas, guys, come up with this idea. Here's something that'll work. A command to honor my husband. Oh, really? Super persuasive. Why? Because a woman didn't want to be a piece of meat. Wonderful. Great. Yummy. Now to point four, because we've already talked about point three. The die is cast, right? 
So when the decree made by the king is proclaimed throughout the kingdom, for it is vast, all women will give honor to their husbands, high and low alike. This advice pleased the king and the princes. And the king did as Mamukin. Yeah, exactly. See, you won't forget it now. You won't forget it. He sent letters to all the royal provinces, to every province in its own script, and to every people in its own language, that every man be master in his own household and speak according to the language of his people. The letters go out. They should have waited to hit send until somebody sobered up. (laughs) Important lesson to learn. Cool off. Take the emotion away before you hit send. The man is master, exclamation. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, wait. In one verse, the king is going to have a Sarah Bareilles moment, love on the rocks. Maybe Vashti said, you can have Susa, I'll settle for the beach. That's really deep and obscure. And you can say, oh, John, you're trying to place 21st century ideas on an ancient text and time. Okay. Okay. And I would say to you, then why does a book like this exist? Why is it written clearly, very intentionally by the author to describe this behavior as just really stupid? Why do books like Ruth and Esther exist? Why are characters like Deborah celebrated? And if I'm applying a 21st century to the Old Testament, then tell me why in the world does Proverbs 31 exist? And if you don't know what Proverbs 31 exists in, then don't bring a fight to this game until you understand it. I'd be the first to say, Eve sinned, Adam sinned. But both Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. If you're lucky enough to have a woman sitting next to you, she was created in the image of God. That ought to mean something to us. And if we want to chat about these things, I am more than willing. I'm more than willing to have this discussion. But no, I've given this a lot of thought, and I've not come lightly to this. But as always, I'll have a sense of charity when talking about any issue, and this would be no different. And some of you won't be convinced, no matter how I say or what I say, and there is a school of theological thought that won't be convinced, and I understand that, and there are individuals who are brighter and more passionate than I am about this topic, and I can't compete with them. Some may ask, well, what about when Paul says the man is the head? And my first thought, a little sarcastic, would, well, it sounds a little Persian to me. And I'd be willing to admit, yes, Paul said something like that. Yeah. And if I'm honest, okay, I do believe someday I will stand before a holy God, and that holy God will say, you were given a family. What'd you do with it?
I think someday I'll stand before a holy God and in a unique way be asked about my relationship with Tanya. But on that day, I firmly believe it will have very little to do with whether or not I was ahead. But rather, how did I treat his daughter? Please pray with me. Frequent themes, O oh great God. Meet us where we're at. Challenges us. For some of us, there are uh, familiar foes, our anger, our alcohol use, how we view a member of the opposite sex. Allow us to be challenged by your word, O oh great God. Allow us to pursue true wisdom. Allow our hearts and our souls to be guided by the unseen power that is present in the book of Esther. In Jesus' name, amen.